0: Up next on SVN Classics, a death-obsessed 20-something and a manic pixie dream granny fall in love, get totally baked, and end up in a wacky series of misadventures on the way to some munchies. Yes, Harold and Maude go to White Castle. Only on SVN Classics.
1: This is the Sarcastic Voyage podcast, featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham.
2: Now, let's talk about Littlest Hobo just a bit. Yeah. For people who aren't familiar with this, this is about a German Shepherd dog. Oh. Right. Not named the littlest hobo. No,
3: just named hobo.
2: Just named hobo, because he's a homeless dog.
3: Right. So apparently there are other dogs named hobo who are much larger. Yes. I guess.
2: Maybe the, maybe these are the, some of those hundred, uh, hundred superior dogs. Ooh,
3: could be. I thought I thought dogs came in hundred and ones. If Disney no, taught me anything. No, only
2: Dalmatians move in hundred and ones. Oh, I see. Most like uh, most dog packs are of a hundred or less.
3: Ah, so it's a hundred for everything else, and a hundred and one for Dalmatians. It's like bakers; like yeah, bakers see, this can't is a, count a dozen.
2: That's why they made a movie about it because it was so unique.
3: Right, I see.
2: But people, were, Walt Disney was like, "What about if we had a hundred and one Dalmatians?" And people were like, "Wow, that's insane!"
3: You just blew my mind, Walt. So make it
2: one. about now. Make it about an older woman trying to make a coat. Yep. People <laughs> were like, that's a great idea for a movie.
3: Because if one thing drove the narrative of movies in whenever that was made, the 60s, I guess. I think it was the 60s, yes. It was old women and their coat making.
2: It, she knows you can order coats, right? I, I don't like know. Like, even she... back in the 60s, you can order a coat.
3: I don't know. I, I haven't, if I saw it, I was too little to, to really comprehend. I don't know.
2: All I'm saying is that you don't. If you want a coat, you don't need to order. You don't need to get like two British thugs to steal 101 dogs for you.
3: That does seem a bit needlessly elaborate. That's a
2: lot of work.
3: Yeah. So the Littlest Hobo is, is is the the show follows the the proud tradition of basically every hour long drama that was made in the 70s and 80s. Which was, he goes from town to town solving mysteries, never finding a home or finding whatever it is he's after, and then moving on to the next town.
2: Yep. Hoping that, hoping each time that the next leap will be the one that takes him home.
3: So, Hobo goes from town to town, and, and we're looking, and somebody has put together, because it's the internet, yep. someone has put together a comprehensive list of all the episodes that ever aired, despite the fact that only the first two seasons are available on DVD.
2: Despite the fact that, and, and also, despite the fact that no one except for the guy who wrote this
3: gives a shit. Well, somebody does. We do.
2: D- do we give a shit?
3: I kind of do, because listen to some of these descriptions.
2: Yeah, let's let's go through some of these because these are amazing.
3: A hobo comes to the rescue of a downed balloonist. <laughs> hobo becomes acquainted with a bumbling pawnbroker named Duddleman. <laughs> hobo stalks an on- ominous carnival patron.
2: A magician is accused of making an heirloom disappear. <laughs>
3: No, you gotta go with the ones that describe what Hobo... Like, that might have been a he-took-the-week-off episode. (laughs) Hobo befriends a young basketball player who is having problems being accepted by his teammates.
2: Because of their parents' objections, a young couple's marriage plans appear doomed until Hobo comes
3: to the rescue. See, now, I'm trying to picture how something like that plays out. (laughs)
2: How does Hobo save your wedding? Now, uh,
3: you and I have both been married, not, not to one another, despite the, uh... Photographic evidence to the contrary, indeed. And uh, can you can you imagine a point where things may have gone wrong, and the only thing that could possibly save it was a a super canine uh, German Shepherd with no home?
2: I really can't. And I've thought of many, many, many ways that a wedding can go wrong. Sure, that'll that'll happen if you're planning a wedding.
3: And that's that's how anxiety works. You you mm-hmm. probably saw fifty thousand ways that it could go wrong. Did any of those were any of those situations that could be corrected by a homeless? German Shepherd.
2: No, and I'm a person who thinks quite highly of dogs. Sure, I'm, as do I. But, like, I couldn't think of any situations where, like, a German Shepherd could save the day.
3: No. I mean, really any dog, but because we're talking about the littlest hobo.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, y- this difficult. is a, this is like an exceptionally bright dog. I mean, I right. would probably be stuck with my two idiot dogs.
1: Right.
3: <laughs> but here, here's one of my favorites. Hobo hops on board a train and befriends an old railroad bum and a runaway boy. So he's actually living up to his name as a hobo. Mm -hmm. Riding the rails. But the best part of this is the old railroad bum is played by DeForest Kelly. Ah, yes. Actually, I don't know that because I'm looking at DeForest Kelly was in it, but now I see he's credited as Professor Hal Schaefer.
2: That definitely sounds like an old railroad bum name.
3: Or he could be a professor. Maybe the runaway boy is named Professor Hal (laughs) Schaefer. Played by DeForest Kelly, who would have been in his 60s at this point. (laughs) I'm a little boy. Anything's possible. But they, they did have uh let's see, the guy who played the skipper. Mm hmm. Uh a, Alan Hale Jr. Yep. Uh Abe Vagoda. Mm hmm and a very young Mike Myers. Wow. Yep.
2: Well I guess it is set in Canada. That would be where he was getting work. Yeah, but all these other guys were
3: just, you know. Actors making the rounds.
2: Does it say anything about his obvious use of a Scottish accent? Uh,
3: No, but it doesn't say much of anything. Like, there's all these one sentence, you know, Hobo rescues a teen from danger on her father's boat. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Hobo aids a captain whose crew mutinied and stole pearls.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hobo foils sabotage at a courier service.
3: But, But there's many, many of these involve the word framed the concept that someone has framed this dog for a crime <laughs> which i can't even
2: i t- i love i love the idea of you've got like your traditional you know 60s con men mhm just like man we're going to pull a caper this weekend like now, the robbers we from gonna,
3: home alone now who are we
2: going to pin it on right and then this dog walks by ah perfect the perfect fall guy hey dog Come here for a second. Let me get you's fingerprints on this thing.
3: <laughs> and he's a trusting dog, Hobo.
2: Oh, of course. Well, he's always looking for people to help.
3: Apparently. Hobo you know, and
2: he's, he's too good a soul to recognize pure evil when he sees it.
4: Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking. To chronicle the entirety of human history... In sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. France, 1739. The famed artist and craftsman Jacques de Vaucanson has put the finishing touches on what would be widely regarded as his crowning achievement. The philosopher Voltaire would later write about the piece saying that, without it, you will have nothing to remind you of the glory of France. Mm-hmm.
5: Mademoiselles, messieurs, I thank you for attending the
3: unveiling of this, my latest creation. I do hope this isn't another one of your creepy mechanical people, Monsieur Vaucanson.
6: Is he the mechanical people guy?
5: I thought we were coming to see some tasteful neoclassical nude sculptures.
3: Uh, you always want to look at nude sculptures.
5: I have an enlightened attitude towards such things. This is, after all, the enlightenment. I thought we were romantics. Everyone, s'il vous plaît. I am très excited about this creation. So... Without further adieu? Did he just say without further goodbye?
3: I think he meant adieu, not adieu. Without
5: further delay, I present to you... Le canard digerateur! That mechanical construction, it looks like a duck.
3: It has webbed feet, like a duck.
6: It even quacks like a duck.
3: Well then... As a reasoning member of the Age of Enlightenment, I must conclude that it is a
5: duck. It is a finely crafted, exactingly detailed replica of a duck. And now, let me show you just how exactly detailed it is. Observe, as I bring this handful of grain to the copper mouth of the contraption. Sacre bleu, the duck, it is eating the grain. Ah, just wait. The best part is still to come. Just one more minute... ...and... Oh! Merde! Yes! exactly! My duck has consumed the grain, digested it, and now has excreted a perfect simulacrum of
3: duck feces. This will change everything! No longer will the production of duck shit be reliant upon nature's highly inefficient design. I cannot tell if you are being ironic. Uh, Neither can I. Such is the life of the 18th century European proto-hipster.
5: How does this remarkable device work? I assume you have fabricated some kind of working replica of a duck's digestive tract. Ah. Actually, uh, no. The feces is stored in a compartment near the bottom of the machine and emerges when I saw a switch. Oh. But it is my hope that one day in an even more enlightened time than the one in which we now live, that mankind will discover a way to truly duplicate the natural digestive process of the common duck and produce
4: genuine, robotic duck poop.
3: Dare to dream, Vakanson. Dare to dream.
4: Vakanson's dream of a fully automated pooping duck was realized three centuries later by a Belgian artist. The so-called cloaca machine, produced simulated excrement that was then sold to art collectors at a substantial profit.
1: Caller, you're on the air. I am?
2: I thought I was calling your house.
1: Oh, sorry, a force of habit. You've reached the home of Larry King Live. How may I help you?
2: Mr. King Live? I just wanted to call in. Thank you for all the great pull quotes that you've been given the theatrical department at Silverdale Advertising.
1: Well, I am a man who appreciates the arts. I like nothing better than to see a play being
2: played. Well, we think a lot of Odysseus' success has been because of your kind words. Oh, yeah, Odysseo. It surpassed the world's greatest shows. I liked that play. It was an equestrian spectacular. A spectacular. That's that's great, sir. Can we use that, too?
1: I don't see why not.
2: And I don't know what we would have done without you when we started advertising for Warhorse. I mean, a puppet show about horses doesn't exactly sell itself.
4: Well, I thought it was
1: majestic and moving. It was a pleasure to behold.
2: So... Sir, we were wondering if you had maybe, uh, any other quotes that we could plaster on all our billboards.
1: Well, I've tried to maintain a certain level of integrity in my career. I only want my name on quality products like garlic or Welch's Grape Jelly. And I gotta say, the last bunch of plays you sent me haven't done it for me. It's all Scotsmans with their shirts off, or else it's young upstarts taking digs at American classics. The broad with the green skin is the bad guy. What I want is hot. Send me something I can be passionate about. Well, they're
2: staging Disney's Aladdin live. Meh,
1: camels. How about the musical
2: version of Rocky?
1: That's what I was just talking about, son. Respect for the classics. There's nothing funny about turning a gritty American story into a song and dance show. Plus, all that running around seems unnecessary.
4: Hmm.
2: I've been interested in any of our Broadway clients, but maybe if I dig deeper into our
1: off-off-Broadway shows... Maybe you should. Something with the heart of a racer and the hooves of a racer. Well,
2: there's... Equus. I don't know that one. Well, it's, uh... It's a bit controversial, but, uh, it does, uh, involve a horse. I've
1: heard enough. Sold!
5: Now, you understand that contacting the spirit world is a very complex undertaking... Finding one single ghost among the millions and billions of people who have ever lived is quite a daunting... I brought 1,000. A daunting task for someone less gifted than I. For me, however, piece of cake. Now, who is it that you wish to speak to? Well, I'm a concert pianist and I'm having real trouble with one of Beethoven's piano sonatas. I was hoping maybe I could speak with the man himself. With Ludwig von Beethoven, the famous composer? That's right. What specifically would you like to ask him? Well, I wanted to hear his thoughts on the arpeggio in the third movement of Sonata Number 31. Okay. Let me see what I can do here. <clears throat> Fabric of the spirit world into which all is woven, we wish to speak with Ludwig von Beethoven. Oh, great composer... We come to you with a question. What's going on? I'm not quite sure. He's definitely here, but he's just sort of looking at me blankly. Mr. von Beethoven? Sir? Yeah, nothing. (laughs) It's not possible that his ghost is deaf, is it? Certainly possible if he were deaf in life.
6: What kind of terrible afterlife is that? You take your handicaps with you beyond the grave?
5: I am not here to question, only to guide you through the mystical wonders of the beyond. If this man lacked the ability to hear when he was alive, that would probably explain why he can't hear me now. So, what can we do? Hmm. I could summon an interpreter. Someone who knows sign language. Good. Okay. Do that. But that will cost you another
6: $500. What? Ugh. That's ridiculous. But you know what? We're so close already. I'd hate just to walk out of here. Thank
5: you. <clears throat> beyond the pain. Beyond the anguish. Bring us someone who can do sign language. That was a bit of a reach. Well, yes, but, but I didn't... Are you sure? Okay. All right. I have some good news and some bad news. What? Well, I successfully summoned an expert in American Sign Language, but... But Beethoven is German and doesn't know American Sign Language. Right. So we'll need an English-German translator. Which I suppose will cost me another 500. Oh, no, 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 no! This one was my mistake. We'll call it $200 this time. Okay, I'm certain this will work now. I will relay your question to the ghost of the music student. The music student will tell the speech therapist, who will tell the semantics instructor, who will tell the historian, who will tell the German translator, who will tell the sign language interpreter, who will sign it to Beethoven. I think we're ready. Now, uh, what was your question again? I just wanted to know if the arpeggio
6: in the third movement of Sonata 31 is supposed to resolve to B sharp by the end of the
5: piece. I was Ah, and now I believe we have our answer. Milk the petunias! My father has a rash! Thursday, can opener. Walrus.
1: Are you hungry? I'm hungry.
6: Yeah, I could eat. There's a donut place just over here. Does that sound good? Hey works for me. Hi,
3: welcome. I'm Johnny Depp. Can I interest you in a black and white striped donut?
4: Or perhaps a hell-in-a-bottom crawler. The hell?
6: Oh, sorry. I thought this was Tim Hortons. No, ma'am. This is Tim
1: Burton's. Oh, I get it. Do some dishes, clean the bathroom, don't forget to sweep under the bed, Jefferella, Jeffarella. Why don't I just clean the cleaning bottles while I'm at it?
4: Ah! Whosoever frees me from my magic bottle must have three cleaning-related wishes. Wishes? Wait, must? That is correct, Master Washer. I am at your hygienic command, and you are obligated to make three wishes. Those are the rules. So, like... I could wish to live forever. Apologies, Master Custodian, but I am only permitted to grant wishes related to tidiness.
1: So, the bathroom could be clean and this isn't going to be a Mickey and the Brooms thing.
4: Oh, great and soapy master, bathrooms are merely the tiniest grimy portion of my cleanliness domain.
1: All right. Then, I wish someone else would clean this bathroom.
4: It is done!
1: (laughs) Is it? Kind of thought you'd be doing. Who the hell are they? Wake up! Wake up! Can they even hear me? No, master. They are dedicated only to the task at hand. What? Nah, man. This this isn't right. You can't just make strangers clean my house against their will.
4: Someone else is cleaning the bathroom, just as you wished, oh
1: master of lemon and pine. Well, make them stop and go home. I wish they didn't have to do this. Just this is messed up, genie.
4: It is done. <laughs>
1: It's not what I had in mind. Uh, can't you just make the bathroom all clean by magic?
4: Of course, Master of Ammonia! You need but wish it. Alright then, uh, no
1: enslaving people are messing with their free will. I just wish the bathroom was sparkling clean all at once, even the white stuff between the tiles. It is done! <laughs> Oh god, the whiteness, the freshness, the light! My eyes, my eyes! Make it stop! I wish for it to be dirty again! Sorry, Master, that's three. (laughs) Oh god, now he's gone! But I still have my scrub brush. At least I can gouge out my eyes! Or wait, where's that bleach?
0: Up next on SVN Classics. Beloved entertainers Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye help rescue both an ailing inn in Vermont and the holidays themselves from an army of pale, black-handed zombies from beyond the wall. That's right, it's Irving Berlin's White Christmas. Only on
7: SVN Classics. Night, Mom. Going to bed. Sleep well.
6: Josh? Aren't you forgetting something? I found this by the sink.
7: By the sink? Don't you mean in the trash?
6: Why would you throw your tooth away? It's
7: gross. Look, it's still got blood on it, and you took it out of the garbage.
6: But it's your last baby tooth. It's special. Ah, uh, Mom, I'm not a
7: baby. The tooth fairy isn't real, and I'm not putting that mess under my pillow. There's still bits of tissue stuck to it.
5: Come on, honey. It's your last kid tooth. Maybe you'll get a
6: happy surprise.
7: Is the surprise that you creep in at night and rummage around under my pillow? Bloody garbage-toothed sneaking parents? Ugh, it's weird, Mom. You know,
6: Josh, you only get one childhood. Why not enjoy it?
7: Ugh, whatever stupid ritual makes you happy, Mom. Leave the nasty thing. I'll put it on my bedside table. Good night, honey. Whatever.
6: Josh? Josh, wake up! Uh Uh-huh? Josh, you have put your last baby tooth under your pillow. And lo, I have come. Tooth Fairy? Are you kidding me? Oh no, Josh, you're not a baby anymore. Your Tooth Fairy time is over. I'm the destroy-your-dreams fairy.
7: You mean you give me nightmares, like cool nightmares about splattering
6: zombies? No, no, nothing so sinister. I come to every child during that magical time of life where they enter adulthood to teach them the facts of life and lower their expectations.
7: Fairy, that doesn't sound very magical. Or very nice.
6: Explaining these things is a very important fairy role. Now come, Josh. A world of illumination awaits you. (laughs)
7: We're still here.
6: That's right, Josh. There is no such thing as a mystical adventure or wardrobes. This is the first dream that needs splattering.
7: Well, yeah, I knew that anyways. Magic is lame.
6: It is. And do you know what else is lame? The chance that you'll be anything but a mid-level manager like your father. No way! I'm going to be an MMA fighter. No, Josh. Nobody gets a cool job. Everyone just plods through life, barely making ends meet. Well, it doesn't matter what I
7: do. It's the kind of person I am that matters. Mom always told me that.
6: That might be true, Josh. If anyone paid the slightest iota of attention to anyone else, but they don't. You're dull and people aren't that interested in you. But
7: but my mom loves me. She says so. (laughs)
6: Oh, no, Josh. A mother's love is the greatest dream of them all. You were a last-minute addition to her life, and she barely tolerates you. Mom? And now, Josh, you understand the true meaning of entering adulthood, and my work here is done. Tra-la!
3: Hi. I'm looking for a birthday gift for my daughter. What's hot this season?
6: Well, we just got a crate of these, and this is the Legends of Literature Collection.
3: Legends of
1: Literature?
6: Yep. Classic toys that honor some of the greatest writers in history. They're fun and educational.
3: Oh, the Ernest Hemingway Capca and the Virginia Woolf, Pet Rock. What's that big one?
6: Oh, this is the Sylvia Plath Easy Bake Oven.
3: Well, these toys seem highly appropriate, and in good taste. I'll take one of each. I think I conged my donkey. That donkey has X's for a mouth. Joanne? No, I think they stand for Jesus. It's not like he can sit down. It's not like he can sit up, either. Did you spit up? Do you want your binky? No, I need my Inky, and my Clyde, and Sue. That's a ghost who's been on my mind. All the time. They say time is the Firebird XL5. Firebirds are go. I wish they were stopped. In the name of love? Someone broke my heart. I'll get you some heart tape. No, that's for a heart attack. Ak, ak, ak. Kathy? I got chocolate on my bathing suit.
2: You got bathing suit on my chocolates.
3: It tastes like a wet shirt.
2: Maybe you could win that contest. The prize is a year's worth of rice
3: I got my eyes on that prize.
2: Keep your eye on the tiger.
3: I thought it was a lady.
2: I could never find that lady.
3: Just call three card Monty.
2: I don't have his number.
3: It's the number of the beast.
2: What's the
3: 616? 404.org. This is a loveless marriage.
2: I haven't been happy for years.
3: I want a divorce. You loved him in Ghostbusters.
4: Dogs and cats living
1: together. Masses hysteria.
3: You loved him in Groundhog Day.
4: I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think.
3: And now, America's favorite smartass is back in the role of a lifetime Sad Old Man. <sighs> Sad Old Man, rated PG 13 for scenes of severe melancholy, ennui, and metaphysical indifference. <sighs>
4: The adventures of Nick and
2: Willikins! Willikins, what are you doing?
3: I'm trying to construct some sort of crude shelter so that you and I might survive the night.
2: Well, does it have to be crude? Now you build one that isn't rubbish.
3: I tried, sir, but you burnt it down, which, incidentally, used up our only source of fire.
2: Fire is man's natural enemy, Willikins. I was doing us a favour. For which I have yet to be thanked, or compensated.
3: Thank you, sir, for making our daily struggle, and perhaps our continued existence, a near impossible task.
2: You're very welcome. Now, why are you building a shelter?
3: To protect us from the elephants, sir.
2: What, like Tungsten, or Wolfram, as it was once known?
3: It's remarkable the knowledge you manage to retain.
2: I know lots about the Table of Elephants. Surprising, isn't it?
1: What else do you know?
3: Nothing, not a sausage. That's not a surprise.
2: Willikins, why do we need protecting from the elephants?
3: Because nightfall is approaching and I believe there's a storm coming on. I'd rather not spend another night up a tree.
2: Well, I wasn't giving you the sleeping bag, now was I? Sir,
3: those are my trousers.
2: That explains why they were trousers and not a sleeping bag. Why are our only housing options a tree? A tree you made into a rubbish house? Or your soiled trousers?
3: Well, sir, in reverse order, you soiled my trousers.
2: Yes, with actual soil, I think you'll find.
3: Oh, I did find. Second, the house would be considerably less rubbish if you'd quit kicking it over as soon as I make any progress.
2: Willikens, I need to practice my kicking. What should happen if
3: Manchester United should call? They did. You asked if their lift was running, which didn't even make sense. You still haven't answered my questions. I'm building a shelter because there isn't any on this deserted island. We're on a deserted island because we crashed here. We crashed here because you insisted on steering the airplane from my lap. I let you do that because you threatened to have me lobotomized if I didn't. Does that more or less bring you up to date on this predicament in which you are directly involved, for which you are directly responsible, and through which... Yes? I don't know. I thought there should be three of them. Bloody hot and bloody hungry and... Bloody? Well, I did lose my arm in the crash. You didn't lose it. I've been
2: poking you with it this whole time. Hello, know, Willikins! Arm your arm you used to have.
3: I do wish you'd keep that on ice. I needed the ice for my beer. We're English, sir. We prefer our beer warm.
2: Yeah, well, that's an urban myth, isn't it? Ah! Ooh! Willikins, Willikins, If I flush your arm down a loo, it'll grow into a giant mutant sewer arm which we could then ride to safety.
3: Don't argue with logic like that, possibly due to blood loss. Willikins, I have one final question. Yes, I expect that you do.
2: Did Manchester United really call for me?
4: Are Nick and Willikins actually stranded on a deserted island? Why did it take five minutes for that information to be revealed? Isn't that what I'm here for? Do they have any hope for survival and or rescue? And do the English really drink their beer warm? That's disgusting! To find out the answer to at least one of these questions, join us again for the adventures of Nick and Willikins.
3: This episode of Sarcastic Voyage is brought to you by the littlest hobo.
2: May he always be littling, hoboing,
3: the whatever. Dog dog or super dog. <laughs> the littlest hobo. We have a letter here. Oh. This letter comes from longtime listener John Wiggins, oh. and it goes like this. You Visually. Guys, yes. I, I'm not going to steal that on both our shows. Oh, of course not. You know, If you guys were sleeper agents, what is? I mean, what would be the phrase that wakes you? And what country slash organization are would you belong to? I I think he's implying that we already are sleeper Hmm. agents.
2: Well, Canadian, obviously. Sure.
3: Because you barely left your country.
2: Yeah, exactly. Where else would I? Where? Who else would I work for?
3: Right. The Russians? Yeah, maybe. Could be. How, how, what are your, what are your feelings on gay propaganda? I'm pretty pro gay propaganda. Okay, probably not the Russians then. Uh, and I think my trigger
2: phrase would probably be "Wake me up before you go go." That's a, that's a pretty solid trigger phrase. Right.
3: mine mine would be the phrase that pays from the movie Ford Fairlane, mm. the uh, the uh, Andrew Dice Clay vehicle right. from 1990. The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Uh, hit pay dirt with K dirt.
2: That's pretty good.
3: He would pick th- up the like. He'd have to pick up the phone and answer it that way to to win a hundred one a hundred and one dollars or whatever. Mm. I don't fucking
2: know. That's pretty good. And odds are pretty low of you hearing that just out in the world.
3: Yeah, not a not a lot of uh, fellow Ford Fairlane aficionados out there.
2: Not so much. No, I mean, Here's- there's a few. You gotta yeah. be careful what websites you go to, but. Uh...
3: All right, so as ever, you want to contact us, you want to write us a a letter so we can answer it in the the thorough way that we always do. So we
2: can answer it in a weird comedian voice.
3: Sure. Uh, SarcasticVoyage at Gmail. Uh, The website is SarcasticVoyage.com. And that is all. So this is us saying safe journeys.
2: Safe journeys, everyone.
4: This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham, with Mark Bosco, Dave Fields, Danielle Gregoire, Joseph Ravenson, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. It was written by Ron Algar Watt with Matt Robotham, Amanda Smith, and Jason Wallace. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2014. Special thanks to Clayton Weller and Sketchfest Seattle.
0: Up next on SVN Classics, the head of the Boy Rangers travels clear across the country to fight political corruption, but instead discovers there's fuck all to do besides logging, apple farming and visiting the Space Needle. Jimmy Stewart stars in this digitally altered director's cut of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Only on SVN Classics.